0: I'd like to open up with a word of prayer, uh, and then we can step into class. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the many blessings that you provide for us. Um, Father, we just are, are so thankful for today and the opportunity we have to come and study your word. Father, we ask that this time you would allow us to reflect on the meaning of this holiday. Um, Father, Easter has a, a unique place in, in every Christian's heart, and Father, this time we thank you for... The fact that you allowed your son to come, be among us, to, to teach us, and but most importantly, Father, to, to take our sins away from us and to die on the cross. Father, if, if it ended there, it, it would be more than we could ask for, but Father, he is raised again, and he has paved a way for us to be with you. And for that, Father, we are eternally grateful. Father, let us study your word now. Let us put your word in our hearts. And in Christ's name, we do pray. Amen. So, uh, first I would like to give a shout out to uh, Carrie for for, preach, or for teaching uh, last Sunday. Um, again, we were down in Orlando enjoying Mickey Mouse and Universal Studios and all of that stuff. Uh, so we had a great time. Uh, have pictures we can share with everybody afterwards. Uh, but I just want to let you know we had a good time and I wanted to thank you for uh, allowing us to, to take that break. Um, today, I'd like to continue on a little bit with what we were talking about when we last left. We were talking about perspective and being able to see things. Um, In today's class, um, euphemistically, is why did the chicken cross the road? And that's because he had a good leader. Um, The the challenge is it's not necessarily having a leader. It's It's having a good leader. And there are different qualities of good leaders. But I want to start off with uh, a a piece from, the again, the uh, Joint Pub Military Doctrine explains how we are to come together as a a unified group and be able to to do things effectively. And one of the principles is ensure a united effort under one commander for every objective. And the military organizes ourselves very carefully so that we have a commander. And, And regardless of what the operation is or wherever it's going, you have one person in charge. Typically, however, as you get joint groups together, you have the, well, I've got a commander of the air and I've got a commander of the sea and I've got a commander of the land forces and they've all got to work together because they ultimately work for one commander, but they're kind of sub commanders. And so the military has this caveat. It says, where unity of command is not possible, i.e. where you can't have one person in charge of everything, unity of effort is paramount. That means that even if the commanders are not the same, all of the commanders in that theater must work under a single objective. They must have themselves organized to accomplish tasks together, collectively. The worst thing in the world is to have a whole bunch of Indians running around and no chiefs to guide them. And I'll plead a little bit of, that's that's my youth coming out of me. Um, We had either too many chiefs and not enough Indians or too many Indians and not enough chiefs you got to have a right balance right so i want to start with this this kind of a a observation
1: in making breakfast the chicken is involved but the pig is committed
0: i'll give you a chance to think about that one and anytime you have that kind of commitment in something usually it becomes very obvious what has to happen okay And so back in the Revolutionary War, uh, back when America was fighting for our independence from Britain, we had a challenge. We needed help, but we, the United States, were committed to that engagement, and we were getting help from a country overseas, France. And there was a very, very capable French leader. His name was Lafayette. And Lafayette was recognized and respected by his men like no other. I mean, he had a command of the French Navy that that men just rushed to serve and they flocked to work with him because he was such a good commander. And Americans were a little nervous because here was Lafayette coming with this French troop. And the question was, how were the French and the Americans gonna work together? Because they hadn't ever done this. Lafayette fortunately recognized he was the chicken. He was involved, the French were involved. But the americans the colonies were committed to this effort and when lafayette got here he immediately placed himself under george washington's command and said you are the boss you tell me where you need my french forces to go and we will go there and we'll do your bidding because of that connection because of the recognition that lafayette knew if it went bad the colonies would suffer significantly for it he immediately said you've got the you've got the stick basically and so As we start looking through, you can ask the question who's in charge. And that question has two parts. First, I want to know who the person is that is the leader, but more importantly, the reason I'm asking it is I want to know who everyone recognizes as the leader. Oftentimes you'll have somebody who thinks they're the leader who has the name leader who is recognized as the leader and they have a title, but they're not in charge. They're not the person who orchestrates, who organizes, who people listen to, who people go to for advice. That's the person who's in charge, and that's the person you want to ask if you're going around and say, hmm, I know who has the title leader, but who really is in charge here? And so being able to bring those together is absolutely critical for the church. We have to have someone who is recognized as the leader, but someone who's qualified to be the leader, someone who's able to make that stick, who's able to pull it together for us. So, Backing up to the class we had before I left leadership has a challenge and the challenge is something called perspective. As I said who's in charge. Is up to the individual who you think is in charge may be different than who somebody else thinks is in charge and the qualities of why that person's in charge differ. So i'm going to start with a question
1: who is in charge of the church. Shout it out. Jesus, there we go.
0: Jesus Christ is in charge of the churches. Are there any questions on that point? Good. Okay, so that's the that's the unity of effort. That's the single commander thing that we're talking about. That's everybody recognizing
1: who's in charge. What are the qualities that make Christ a good leader? Compassion, love, sacrifice, service, true to his word. Okay, I'm hearing a lot of good thoughts. Fair but just.
0: Okay, that's an interesting... Yes, in the back. Master teacher. teacher. Okay, there we go. So, compassion, love, fair, just, teacher. Okay, these are concepts. And the interesting thing is, as we go through life, we are going to walk into scenarios where each of those aspects become more important or seen a little differently. So as we walk through the piece of who christ is we've heard different words we're talking about the
1: same person but there's different aspects of who christ is let me ask you this what drew you to become a christian again uh show of hands just just shout out what are the things that drew you to become a christian I hear love, compassion. Okay.
0: So a person drew you to Christ. What was it about that person that drew you to them? Okay. There we go. We're hearing a lot of the same attributes that that we recognize as Christ. Consistent truth. Okay. That one is interesting. I like that one. Um, Consistency. Yes. A sense of urgency. You know, that's the thing that drew me as well. I had been living, I had been going to church for a long time But I had didn't have that sense of urgency, I didn't have that thing that said that compelling need that said you need to be baptized until one night, it was a a Wednesday service and it just out of the blue, I just had this tremendous sense of urgency that was like tonight I have to do this tonight, and so I did I became baptized because of that sense of urgency. So in that in that aspect of things that draw us to Christ, the consistency, the, the, the compassion, the loyalty. What are the things that, as you, when we are talking to others, what do you think others need to see for them to be drawn to Christ? Again, raise your hands. Okay. Listen listen out for us.
2: Others need to see those same qualities in us.
0: Okay. Which are more important? Which are most important?
2: love and compassion okay Uh, i mean just just love is a big one
0: love is very big i agree love compassion in the back got a got a comment
1: i would also say um living out what we believe because if we're trying to lead others to christ they they're like well let me see you living out what you're, what you're believing and saying. So I think, I think consistency, not necessarily perfection. You know, we're still growing, but, but to, to see that consistency in what we're teaching and sharing.
0: The consistent walk. Okay, there's the consistency again. Faith, love. How about maturity? Being a mature Christian. Is that something we would like to show? How about receptive? willing to accept anybody wherever they're at. Is that another key thing we'd like for them to understand about who Christ
1: is? How many different names does Christ have? Think about
0: that. I'm going to relate a story to you real quick. You probably have heard this story, but I want to relate it just to help put the context. There's a story about five blind men coming up and trying to describe an elephant. If you've ever heard the story, just pause for a second. I want to describe it to you for for a moment. Five blind men walked up to an elephant, and they each touched a different part of the elephant. One touched the legs, and one touched the side. One touched the trunk. One touched the ear, and one touched the tail. And they all started to describe the elephant. And one said it was like, like a snake. The trunk was very sinuous. One said, no, 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 it's a wall. He was rubbing his hand along the side of the elephant one said, no, 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 it's a tree, he was touching the legs and the trunk of the, ele- the, the legs of the elephant reminded him of a tree trunk and one said no, no no it's it's a very thin flexible membrane because he was touching the ear of the elephant. The irony is all five blind men described a particular aspect of the elephant and they described it very well, but they described it from their perspective. And the challenge is they didn't have the ability to look at all aspects of the elephant to be able to describe the entirety
1: of the elephant. In leadership, everybody is going to see that leader a little differently
0: because we all have the blinders of this world on us. Does that make sense? There's going to be a part of Christ that we're going to look at and we're going to say that is a singularly distinctive part of Christ that I'd like.
1: Now, I asked who knows the names of Christ? Can you list them?
0: Shout them out. Let's, let's run around and let's see who, could, who can name all of the names of Christ. Name? Okay. Adore. Okay, I love that. What's, what's another name for Christ? Messiah? Yahweh, Teacher, Son, Christ, Savior, Lamb, there we go, Jesus, I'm sorry, Ishua, yes. So I heard a couple of things there that that I want to put together for you. How many of you have ever heard him called the Lion? There we go, Lion of Judah. And the lamb that was slain.
1: Hmm. How do you how do you bring those two thoughts together? How do you how do you bring all of this thought that is Christ together? And do we have a problem by doing
0: that? Well, if we broaden our perspective enough, we can do that. Do people have a tendency to broaden our
1: perspectives? We do. How do we broaden our perspectives? Well, just
0: involved
2: like, In something. Oh, okay. Being, um, oh, now what did I say? <laughs> being observant uh. and? Be involved in something.
0: By observing and being involved, okay? Is broadening our perspective something that
1: just happens by accident? Why not? Why can't we broaden our perspectives just, just because? You
2: have, to be, you have to be the kind of person that's willing to go past your, your everyday things. You have to just challenge yourself. You just It doesn't come without work. You have to decide, you have to be decisive. I want something, so I must go after it. I have to be intentional, I have to focus myself.
0: I have to be intentional. It isn't something that happens by accident. Perspective is one of those crazy things. When we become complacent, and I'm going to use that word very carefully, when we become complacent, our perspective starts to become tighter and tighter and tighter. Think about COVID. During COVID, people's perspective shrunk into this tiny little soda straw because that was all we were allowed to see the normal trials and challenges of life the things that we could normally do and get out and see and participate in and be involved in were greatly reduced and so now these perspectives that used to be broader have now shrunk to these little soda straws and now we're fighting and struggling as people to get our perspectives back wide enough and it's painful because it's requiring us to step out of our comfort zone and look at things differently we're happy when when and this is human nature we're happy when things fit a very precise pattern and norm that we are expecting we don't like unexpected not a lot of unexpected it usually causes chaos and so these narrow perspectives these narrow lenses help make us comfortable and we start to say this is what is important if you look at today's society we have Democrats and we have Republicans, and we have the entire spectrum. Now, when I grew up a long time ago, Democrats and Republicans kind of got along. This is a long time ago, back in the 60s and 70s. But but Democrats and Republicans saw things differently, but there was enough commonality that they could find something called the middle ground. Over time, those perspectives have become more and more galvanized, and now finding that common ground is incredibly hard because everybody is taking more and more of a very specific view of what is important. And when I decide something is important, I eliminate the other alternatives. When I decide that the Lamb of Jesus Christ is the most important part, I start to shut down the other aspects. We have a comment.
2: Um, if you don't mind me saying so, while I was listening to everyone's answers, the word that I kept having play in my mind was submit you have to submit okay to another person you know i'm someone who has gone through cancer um not every cancer is the same but every treatment is different but yes. you have a tendency you're not going to sit there and tell somebody who's had cancer oh no that's not how it is this is how i had it no you have to kind of submit to what they're saying same thing with the walk like when ray and um jason both or, or you suggested um the urgency yes Jason had that same feeling I never had that feeling you obviously the teacher have had that feeling so for me to sit there and go oh no no that's not how you get to Jesus that's wrong I have to submit myself to that
0: submission that is probably one of the most challenging parts of our walk with Christ do people like to submit no And unfortunately, that is the exact piece that we have to portray when we're trying to explain to others who Christ is. We want to draw them to Christ, but we have to be truthful and honest and say that Christ is not an easy walk. Christ is is advanced theology. I mean, if you want to put it in terms, I mean, a God who is willing to let his son come, be among mortals, and die for our sins is not something normal people wrap their heads around who are coming out of the world. That's not the way gods are supposed to behave. And yet God did that. So it, it's a challenge for people to understand how this whole thing fits together. And especially if we start stepping into that gap and saying, but, but this is the important part. This is what you have to understand because it's, it's human nature. We want to
1: help people see things, but we want to help them see things from our perspective, that's hard to do as a Christian. Because as a Christian,
0: I am going to put the things in context the way I understand
1: them. Did Christ come to forgive those who commit adultery?
0: Yes! Yes, Christ came to forgive the world.
1: Is adultery wrong? Okay, which is it? Did Christ come
0: to judge the world according to the flesh? John 8:15 says, "You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one." End of story, right? That's where we can just drop the mic and walk away. I judge no one. No, it's not quite that easy because if you continue he says and yet if i do judge my judgment is true for i am not alone but i am with the father who sent me hmm john john 12 47 and if anyone hears my words and does not believe i do not judge him for i did not come to judge the world but to save him
1: okay mic drop walk away all's good right no because we missed the last part
0: he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day so there's a lot of pieces here and as we start reading through who Christ is there are pieces that resonate with us and they fit in that perspective of what we want it to say have you ever read the Bible And you were reading through and then all of a sudden you just read something and you're like, wow, wait a minute. I I totally missed that the first two, three times that I read the Bible. I didn't see that. How many of you ever had that? Where you just read the Bible and you're like, wow, or you're you're listening to Ricky in a sermon, and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know you could connect it that way. That's pretty profound. That's interesting. That profoundness, that that ability to see things differently. That's what takes that commitment. That's what is involved in that work. That's why we're here today. That's why Christ said, gather as often as you can, because we can each teach each other on the aspects of who Christ is. Have you ever looked at a diamond? I mean, really looked at a diamond, like like taken it and turned it around. The jewelers who create diamonds have a long history of carving out and shaping that diamond so that it doesn't matter how you look at it, it doesn't matter what angle you look at it, the brilliance of the light striking that diamond is going to be dazzling. That's their craft. But if all you do is look at that diamond from the top down, it kind of just looks like a, just sort of like a regular diamond. It's not until you turn it and you start looking at all the different facets of that diamond that you can appreciate how careful and how professional and how detailed and intricate that diamond is. That is the aspect of Christ. We can't sit and look at Christ from one perspective and one one viewpoint one lens and say that is all that Christ is. Because as I start thinking about it, there are things that draw me to Christ because I needed that aspect of Christ at that point in time i needed that piece of christ to talk to me and that's what resonated with me but just like we talked about the scripture here if i stop there if i quit following the leader at that point i lose all aspect i lose that that wow this diamond is absolutely amazing from any direction that i look at it and there are other directions that people will need to see so again i'll ask is it the compassion, is it the forgiveness that draws people to Christ, or is it the discipline? Is it that consistent perspective, that that Word of God that you can hold on to? Well, I'll just say, let me get the mic for you.
3: I really like uh, the perspective of uh, the subject. Uh, what you are treating right now because from the beginning that has been the definition of God yes that Moses asks God what is your name and God told Moses that I am who I am I am who I am means that God never gave Moses a specific name I am your peace I am your healer yes I am the one who cross the red sea with you I am the one who feed you on the desert right I am who I am what whatever you see on this earth in terms of mountains in terms of big rivers in terms of the sea in terms of everything is the Lord is God I am the one who created everything so the Lord has so many strengths and variety of names or things that are associated with him that will not make him tell you that my name is this, my name is that, my name is it. But if you look around everywhere, and if you look at your life, how have you seen God in your life? Yes. That is who God is.
0: And we can't give him an individual name. God does not want to have a distinct singular name. Because that is too small, it's too confining. It's like, I, I, I want to have God that I can put him in a pocket. And, and this, is, this is God, and I can put him in my pocket, and I can confine him to the name that I have bound him to because that's how my brain thinks. The problem is this is not big enough to even begin to imagine who God is. And when I explain to others who God our leader is, I have to be able to submit my thoughts to what they need. I have to let God lead and I have to let God and Christ be able to use me to move explain to people from a perspective that they need god knows what they need i don't and it's very hard for us to accept failure especially something we care about something we're very passionate about and our religion is something we are very very passionate about you wouldn't be here today if you weren't but we have to be willing to submit that passion we have to contain it to let Christ speak through us. Now, a lot of times I'll be talking to somebody and I will in my mind project what it is I think they need. But by talking to them and walking through the Bible, again, those kind of epiphanies that pop out, I'll go, oh, you know, that's, that's not what you need right now. This, this scripture is something that's more important. And I'll be able to walk through and find out a scripture that, that was kind of unique, that I hadn't thought of before. And that's what the study of the scripture allows us to do, is to pull in all of these brilliant facets of God and say, Ah, that helped me, but this other piece is going to help you instead. As a congregation, those are going to be the challenges that we have to overcome. Because humanity is going to tell us we each have the unique soda straw perspective of Christ, and anybody who sees it differently is wrong. Carefully think about that. I am biased in my mind to think that I know who Christ is. I haven't got the foggiest notion, other than I know he drew me to him, and by him I am saved. If I try to confine Christ in any other shape, drawing, or perspective, I'm stifling God, and I'm stifling God's ability to reach others. And as a church, we have to understand that. Every one of us here has a different perspective, has that different unique vision of who Christ is. And collectively, we can reach the world. Because together, every one of us has that particular perspective that somebody needs when we're talking to them. We just have to be willing to accept the fact my perspective is not big enough to share with the world adequately. That's why Ricky preaches every Sunday is because he is there trying to present his perspectives and he's got various perspectives and we all need those various perspectives. But we also need to be able to listen to one another. Because as we are following Christ, we have to do it in a unified fashion. But remember, if we can't have a single leader, we need to have a unified
1: effort. So I'm gonna ask you this, as a church, what do we do?
0: If I said, the church, and I use the word we, what's the next word I'd put after we? What do we do? We we serve. Okay, I like that. We serve God. Okay, we're putting it together now. We, identity, serve
1: God. Anybody want to put a Y? So that we, go on, it's a collective effort here. Just pull out a crayon and start scribbling.
0: We serve God so that we
1: can be saved, okay? Do we want to stop there? What else do we want to add? We serve God so that we may be saved.
0: And and others may be saved also. OK, so that is the collective. If, if you had to put it in a nutshell, that's basically what we're trying to do. Now, the next question
1: is, what is most important to make that happen? Is missions important? Is inreach important? is the is the benefit the the food service is that important okay now you
0: this is unity of effort unity of effort says i understand what the first piece is we serve god so that others may be saved and we may be saved also
1: how we go about doing that is not as important as why we do it don't get those confused in the military, a lot of people get those confused. What I am doing
0: takes on more importance than why I am doing it. That's human nature. We have to avoid that as a church because that's the piece that Satan will ultimately use to undermine the church, and he does it all the time. The church starts looking at what they're doing and they forget why. The what you're doing is relatively important because you're trying to accomplish the why. As we start looking at the churches in Revelations, you will start seeing this over and over again. The churches, when they focus on the why, and they don't focus so much on the what, they get it right. When the churches focus on the what, they lose focus on the why. And Satan will constantly undermine us because... He is going to make sure that the what takes precedence. We just talked about some things that were very important to us. Our religion is very important to us. Our passion, our our, our focal point. But through that, we're going to take that lens, that soda straw perspective lens, and I am going to say this is the most important aspect that I want championed. I want the church to focus on this with me because I see this as very important,
1: because it's how I came to Christ. The challenge is, how many people like me are there in the world? There's one person like me. How many people are there like you
0: in the world? There's hopefully, hopefully there's more than one, but, but there's all, uh, we want more of you. Diane, we want more of you. But you're right. There's only one. There's only one person who sees Christ exactly like you do, who's lived and walked through those things. And so what are the things about Christ that lead you are going to be different than the things that lead somebody else. But we're working together. We're trying to come to Christ and bring
1: others to Christ collectively together. And that requires that famous word that you
0: used, submission. I have to be willing to submit that my perspective, that my view on Christ is not the only perspective. There are others. And when I read the gospel, the gospel is the elephant, ladies and gentlemen. If you try to put the gospel of Christ The word of God into a box and say that it says this and only this, you're doing Satan's work. We cannot, and I emphasize this strongly, we cannot be the sole interpreter of God's word. God's word is too big for any one individual to be the message. That's why it's written down. That's why it is something that we preach together. That's why people come together and study his word that's why the bereans were so noble because they studied his word and they looked at it and they tried to uh, decipher who is this leader who is god and what is he to us collectively hold on just let me get the microphone for you
3: if you talk about we cannot be the sole interpreters of the word of god can you just explain it more because it looks like uh, that is what it has been, that uh, we are the only people who understands the gospel and whatever we say is final.
0: Let me clarify, and that's a good point. We individually cannot be in our own minds the single authority on what the Bible says. I've tried, I've studied, I've looked at it, I have to interpret the bible for myself but i'm very cautious not to stop at me when i hit a troubling passage i ask others hey especially those who are around me who have studied it more i read this part of scripture and this is what i understand the scripture to mean how do you read this and collectively by building this holistic perspective of the diamond and being able to turn it in the various facets i come to understand what the bible means to me for me but i cannot take that interpretation of what the bible is and project it onto somebody else and force them to see the bible the same way i do it won't work it can't work historically has it has been proven that a single individual trying to interpret the bible for a group gets it wrong all the time i don't have to go through history to explain that but the times that a single man or a single person has tried to be the sole interpreter of the Bible, it has led badly and ended badly. And that's why Christ created the
1: churches and not a single distinctive church led by one person. Even
0: Catholicism has many aspects that they're trying to get right. They're trying to figure out how to to, interpret what the pope says but we understand the bible is bigger than the pope the bible is god's word not man's word those are things that the churches of Christ have got right and we have to be very careful that we make sure we protect that because that is how god leads his churches it's through his inspired word and as we follow individually We acknowledge there is a leader, the leader. And when we have questions and other people have questions about how to interpret that, we don't step in and say, ah, it says this. We collectively open the scripture and we say, this is what the Bible says. This is how I understand it. How are you taking it? And as we, the church, work together to do that, we, the church, will get stronger satan will constantly try to undermine that again satan will try to make it so that what we're doing becomes the focus how we're doing it becomes the focus and why we're doing it becomes less important because if the chicken gets their way the chicken is going to mess up breakfast the pig is always going to be the piece that makes the breakfast the way it's supposed
1: to christ is committed to his church. Amen? We need to be committed to Christ. And that's how the perspectives work together.
0: Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate the comments today. Um, Next week, we're going to be looking at this uh, same topic, just a little little bit differently, and we'll have, uh, hopefully, a little bit more comment as well. But I again, thank you very much for your participation, for coming out and spending some time with us this morning and for those of you uh, for those that are listening to social media thank you for your time as well and we will see you guys later